Welcome to Love in the Time of Corona, a podcast that explores love and dating and staying sane during a pandemic. I'm Alexa. And I'm Devin. And welcome to this plane crash. No, I don't like plane crashes. Those really scare me, but keep it. Hey, Devin. Hello, Alexa. How are you? I'm doing well. Another week in quarantine. Uh, Living the dream, truly, just redefining the depths of how far into my own psyche I can go on a daily basis. (laughs) And I really thought at this point in my life I'd spent, you know, an already inopportune amount of time psychoanalyzing myself, but I'm really setting new personal bests. That's great. I'm really proud of you. This is this is the time to really get in one's own head. Do you have a silver lining from your most recent bout of quarantine life? I actually do. Well, um, in New Jersey, they've eased the restrictions a little bit. Um, so I have been seeing my friends, but of course, more than six feet apart, uh, sometimes on Patio Island, which is the patio at our home, or I went to a friend's house and for her delight, I put on a real shirt and a bra. Wow. Um, it was a bralette. You know, it wasn't a real bra. But um, so it has been nice to see my friends. And actually, I saw our mutual friend, the the man who brought us together, oh, Andrew. My beloved. And it was really, really lovely. I haven't seen Andrew in a year and a half, we realized. It's a long time. It's a really long time. And he was home for the weekend. And... We went to the gazebo where we used to hang out as kids and drank a beer in public, don't tell. And <laughs> we just caught up on life. And the, the thing I love about my relationship with Andrew is that we don't necessarily like text when we don't see each other. But every time he comes back to New Jersey, because I'm always in New Jersey, um, we always see each other. And we just like we kind of like fall back into place. And it's so easy to just, I don't know, talk. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went to see his parents afterwards. And we're all sitting outside. And his dad says, you know, Alexa, I really thought you were going to come home with, like, a Greek god of a boyfriend. And I said, you know, me too. (laughs) Like, (laughs) uh, me too. I was working on it. But I was stripped away from my... I was stripped away from my chance to find a beautiful Greek Adonis to date. And the three of them in their collective memory reminded me of something I've totally forgotten. And I've been racking my brain all week. They said when I was maybe 14 through 16, I came back from Greece or Cyprus one summer talking about this guy who I met who was older, which is typical. Um, I have not changed. Um, he was this older guy, maybe like 18. <laughs> Consistency is key. You know, yeah. Uh, he was a little older than I was, and he was super handsome, and we spent a lot of time together. And Devin, for the life of me, I don't know who it is. <laughs> I, <laughs> I cannot think of... The only person I could think of when we were, I don't remember, maybe I was 15, we went on a cruise from Cyprus, just for all the listeners, for our 40 friends, 
a cruise from Cyprus is not like an American cruise ship. It's like a lifeboat with a bathroom. They are really like not impressive at all. But you can tour like the Greek Isles and parts of Turkey on these little ships. So we went to some of the Greek islands and went to Istanbul and Ephesus. And there was this guy who I don't remember his name. And he was Cypriot American. He was, I think, 17 or 18. And there was this like shitty nightclub on this cruise. And we became friends and we went dancing. And I remember he bought me a Blue Lagoon, which is like a really shitty drink. It was the first time I ever had alcohol it's that a, was like. Oh, it's such a terrible drink. Oh, I know. And it wasn't, you know, it's was the first time I had alcohol not around my parents because Greeks give their kids wine when they're like in utero whatever they don't care (laughs) so i had this drink and you know nothing happened with this guy we were just we just kind of became friends but um i actually think i found his number in my desk when i was cleaning it last summer uh but i threw it out so he's the only person no i did throw it out i said you know i was thinking because it was a 973 area code. It was New York. And I, I, he was from the city. And I said to myself, should I text this guy? But I said, no, I'm going to Greece. I'm going to meet a beautiful Greek man today. Ugh. So I shouldn't have thrown out that number. I think that's who they talked about. But it was very funny that they all have this collective memory of me coming home, talking about this guy. Blah, 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 blah. No idea who it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you threw so out the been... number. We could have had him on. That could have been a beautiful reunion. I know. We could have. You know, I'll check my desk one more time because you never know what I'm going to find at my desk. We'll track um, him down. We'll track it. I, I think his name was George. I really don't remember. But <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it's been a fun thing to think about this week. Uh, what was your silver lining, Devin? <laughs> I don't have anything nearly as interesting as that. Um but the, for me, a huge silver lining is that I am going home this weekend. And while that in itself is exciting, the big part of that is that means that I am going to get a haircut, <laughs> which is huge. Muscle tough. Because at this point, I'm somewhere at a cross between George Michael and my terrible eighth grade self. You look like Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, in the mornings, it's very Jimmy Neutron. Once I've put <laughs> three pounds of gel into it and really tried to, you know, make myself presentable for the world, it's just a lot of hair. And I did, I slightly trimmed my own hair the other day, which I don't do, but I needed to. And it didn't look terrible, but I'm really reaching the danger zone and so my beloved angelina who's been cutting my hair for at this point i think over a decade i will return to in the new normal with my mask and all of that jazz but i will get my hair cut and my head will weigh about three pounds less because i have so much goddamn hair so now i'm running home to my family home where i am funnily enough for years My brother, Aiden, has wanted to move into my bedroom at home because it's slightly bigger, but he's just been using my desk for years in there. (laughs) And then like three years ago, I was like, okay, I'll pack all my stuff up. We'll be ready to go. We'll move in. But then he was always too fucking lazy to do it. (laughs) And Aiden, if you're listening, I love you, 
but you should have done this three goddamn years ago. But they've decided now in quarantine that it's time. So while on Zoom, my mother very graciously sorted things so I could tell her to put things because we in my family, and by we in my family, I mean my father and my brother have a tendency to break things. And so I don't trust either of them. So it was only my mother who could move it. But now I am returning home to a new room, even though it's my brother's old room. But they have repainted. I am getting a new desk. And my mother has kept saying that there are some other, quote, surprises waiting. And I hope that those surprises are more in line of like a cool poster that she's found. Or maybe for the first time in my life, I'll have a television in my room. You know, those things and not like... She goes, oh, there was this really cool printout I found, and then it's just something that I really can't have on the Zoom background when I'm trying to look professional. I hope your room is painted, like, bright pink. (laughs) I mean, it would match my cheery disposition. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But most of my silver linings are just the fact that I will be home, which will be a change of pace. And after having been on the island where I live for three and a half months without leaving. I'm very excited to leave the island, <laughs> just get out. So that's exciting. And also a small silver lining shout out. Teddy, who was on the podcast, came to visit me over the weekend and we had a lovely, wonderful weekend. And it was just great to have a friend who was unassociated with my school be around for a while. So it's been Love a good it. week. That's great. It'll be nice to go home. Yes. Okay, so all good things, and the question I'm going to ask you is a yes or no question, and there's one right answer. Have you finished Avatar? I have three episodes left. Three, Alexa. We will do our full series debrief next week, but that doesn't mean that we can't, in this beautiful moment, bring our sexual frustrations in quarantine together with our love for Avatar and do possibly our best Avatar slash nipple update ever. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready. We're bringing back an old eighth grade. I think this is when we started playing this game. Eighth grade sounds right. It's a class. It's a good old American classic. It's called FMK. Or to those who are against abbreviations, better known as fuck, marry, kill. Yum. <laughs> Yum. Oh, boy. Yum. So for those of you um, who haven't listened to Avatar, you can skip it, but you shouldn't. Um, and you should watch it so you know how disturbing our answers are going to be. And yes, we are talking about cartoon characters and... It's going to be pretty rough. So I'm going to go first because I have finished the series, which gives me a little bit of clout to start. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Hit me, baby. All right. Toph. Uh-huh. Azula. Mm. Or Uncle. <laughs> oh, now this is a moral quandary. You're hitting me with moral questions. No, Okay. I am, I'm sorry, Iroh, I'm going to kill Uncle Iroh. Okay. I'm going to fuck Azula because she's crazy, and I have no doubt that the sex would be wild. I think she would actually be kind of a bad lay because she's so power hungry. I think, I actually think she'd be a really selfish lover. 
she'd be like a total macho man. She would just take her pleasure, and after she came, she'd be done. You know, I, for the experience, I'm okay with that because I just think the idea of being with somebody that crazily powerful would be a fun trip on its own. And it's one time, so if it's not great, I don't have to look forward to a lifetime of disappointing sex. And so then I would marry Toph because she's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And just a badass and cute in her way. And I think that, you know, as she becomes an actual adult, I think I would be very happy in that marriage. And I would be 100% okay knowing that I would never be the dominant personality. Yeah, she's also really emotionally unavailable, as you'll see in Legend of Korra. So I think it would provide, like, a really good challenge for you (laughs) to try and get her to open up. Fair. Absolutely fair. Okay, my first one for you. Yeah. Uncle Iroh. Fire Lord Ozai. (laughs) Or Combustion Man. Oh, are you kidding? (laughs) All right. Um, I had to start rough. I'm going to kill Fire Lord Ozai Mm -hmm. because he's um, a dictator. Yeah, good call. I support that. You know, I'm just going to kill him. Um, He also definitely is, like, a terrible shag. Um, and he definitely has a lot of women, like, no, I'm going to fuck combustion man because he's pretty muscular mm-hmm. and I would hope that his eye wouldn't kill me during sex, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that could be a very dangerous orgasm from combustion. Oh man. my God. Yeah. I would have to put some sort of like reflectable, like shield on my face. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I would marry uncle Iroh. Uncle Iroh and I would drink tea. Mm-hmm. We would talk about the meaning of life. We both like to eat. He's very chatty. We would talk all the time. Um, and he's super, like, empathetic. So I actually think that Uncle and Iroh and I would just become really good companions. So I have no problem marrying him. Yeah. <laughs> and as a bonus, Toph and Uncle Iroh have an established friendship. So we could have some really great double dates. Yeah. So I think we went all around. Yes. Okay, you, you have one more set for me, and then I have a much nicer set for you. I have, I have a, s- a nice set for you. Aww. Hey, the Cabbage Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give me those cabbages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Princess from the Northern Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. Tai Lee, who is part of Azula's gang, yes. who's the gymnast. And Suki, the Kyoshi warrior. Oh, this is hard. Oh, man. I'm asking if you want to fuck the moon, Devin. I know you are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is going to be a really controversial pick. All right. Um, And this is one of my few critiques of Avatar, is that I think that the princess is a very boring and underdeveloped character. Oh, me too. And so I would kill her, much like the show attempts to fully do. Because, I don't know, I'm not sold 
on a lot of her character, which I don't think is her fault or the performance's fault. I just think the writing isn't great for her. And, you know, the moon, I don't... Maybe Toph's emotional distance would be a challenge, but I don't think even I can bring out the emotional side of the moon. That's a challenge beyond me because I am humble and recognize my limits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then... I would, oh, God, this shouldn't be this hard. I'm going to fuck Tylee. Yeah. Because, I mean, gymnast, that would be, you know, there's the Azula getting off on the powerful thing. I just actually think sex with Tylee would be mind-blowing. Well, she's she's super flexible. It's, wow. I know this is a cartoon character, but my God. And then I would marry Suki because yes. Suki just seems like a wonderful human. And if she can put up with Sokka's shit, she and I are going to have a lovely life together. Yeah, that's that's a great choice. Yeah. Okay. I will then leave you with this. Zuko. Okay. Ang. Or Jet. Oh, I was hoping that you were going to ask, um, instead of Jet, that really cute earthbender who Katara saves and saves like that whole. I he's went, super cute. I went back and forth. Have, okay, let's toss Ang out because yeah. God bless the Avatar, but we don't need him I'm here. Not. He's also 12 years old and bald. That's not totally. <laughs> okay. So if we'll, he's like 40 and jacked and bald um, and is Dwayne the Rock Johnson, that's totally <laughs> my type. But Gritty remake of Avatar The Last Airbender starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'm in. Okay. So we have Zuko. We have. Oh, my God. Who the fuck did I just Jet. Say? Jet. Have, so we have Zuko. Jet. And cute earthbender, whose name I can't think of. I love the cute earthbender. Okay, one follow-up question. Is this po- is this Prince Zuko post-character arc, or is this angry Prince Zuko? This is your ideal Zuko. Okay, so this is Prince Zuko post-character arc. Mm-hmm. When his hair is a little um, shaggy. Oh, oh, he's so cute, and he's, like, so conflicted. Um so I'm definitely killing Jet. Jet is a traitor and kind of an asshole. Good and call. he's a really bad Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely gonna Oh, see, with the with the very cute Earthbender, I know I would have like really cute Earthbender babies. Um, and his parents seem lovely and I think I would have a very good relationship with them and I like wanna have nice in laws. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's really, it comes down to nice in-laws or the worst in-laws. So, like, okay, so here's my thing, because this is a really interesting question. Well, I wouldn't have to deal with um, Zuko's father, because he'd be in prison, but Zuko, like, mm-hmm. really has mommy issues, and I, could I handle that? Could I handle Prince Zuko, like, trying to find out his mom, rebuild a fire nation. I think that Prince Zuko would 
be spending so much of his time rebuilding the world and the fire nation that he wouldn't have enough time for me i think the cute earthbender would and i would have like a simpler but much more fulfilling life together very interesting based on that i'm gonna shag zuko and i'm gonna marry the earthbender wow that was a zag i was not expecting well i really thought about it you did i support you well i do just have to state for the record that above anyone we have named if katara is ever on the table that's my ride or die i actually well i didn't put katara on the table because um i knew that one was katara was such a shoe in yes I it's not as interesting some... yeah, yeah yeah no i i support the decision i just have to you know make my love known to the world Well, now that that's taken care of, I am really excited for our guest today. I once again failed to get my friend on the show because apparently my ability to book interviews has just fucking tanked in the last two weeks. So Alexa was wonderful enough to arrange this interview with a very special person. And the three of us are going to talk about romantic movies, trying to find that aspect of our life when we can't actually go out and have it. So without any further ado, I will save the introduction for the interview. And here is our episode. This week we have a very special guest. She is the culture editor at OprahMag.com. She is an expert on books, movies, TV shows, and bachelor gossip. (laughs) <laughs> she is also <laughs> she's also my lifelong psychological tormentor, my wonderful, incredibly smart sister with a very sexy radio voice, and I'm very happy to have her on the show today. Well, now that you said something about my radio voice, now I'm going to be like listening to my voice as I speak, so that's kind of stressful. But thank you both so much for having me on. I've been listening to your podcast, except every time I do, my sister yells at me because she says that she can't stand listening to herself. So <laughs> it's a very, uh, it's a, we have a fraught relationship to this podcast. And Devin, I think, has a very devilish voice. He has a good radio voice, too. Oh, why, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think that it just plays in Alexa's favor and that I just sound like the evil twin of this endeavor. Yeah, you sound like the evil twin. Like, you sound like you're the person who shows up in the middle of the show to be like, and you forgot to introduce me. I'm the twin, you know? So, <laughs> Yes, if this was Days of Our Lives, I yeah. would come in. I don't know what I'd be wearing. You'll come in next season in a cape. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm really excited to have Elena here today because while, you know, Alexa, I love you so much, Alana and I have a pop culture obsession that we share that Alexa just, I think, mercilessly makes fun of both of us for. That said, though, Alexa is like a really skillful binge watcher. Like, I've never been able to watch a TV show as fast as she can. I've always admired her for it. So I actually think she is a she's a voracious pop culture consumer. Mm. Like, you know, Kirby air, right? Like Kirby opens her mouth and the air goes in. That's her with a TV show. She has been like... I like blink and she's done with Downton Abbey. I I eat finished dinner and she's done with The Sopranos. Like I'm very um, impressed by her. So I think this will be a a well-matched conversation, I have to say. Thank you very much for the compliment. Devin was hoping for you to insult me. Devin, I see right through you. I have struck out every time. 
you try. I keep I know trying. My guests are on my team. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna publicly humiliate her on the podcast when I could save it for a more opportune time. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> coronavirus is is very stressful psychologically for everyone. I think it's nice to be nice to people right now. And then once the world, like, she knows, she knows that stuff on her, and that is more powerful than actually using that stuff. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yes. So that's my life advice for everyone who's listening. Save it. I support that. I can get behind that. Okay, I'll change my ways, Alexa, for now. Just so I can beat up on you and we do this live and in person. Exactly. Wait for the live show. We have our live show with our 40 listeners at some beat up theater. I think Six feet apart, people. In Columbus, apart. Ohio. Why Columbus? You know what? We're not even going to go there. I don't want to hear what you have to say about Columbus. <laughs> That'll be 10 minutes and we don't have time for that. They should change it's the actually name the Columbus. F- they, should, they shouldn't I- have named it after a, a Columbus. That's true. Change it I to Nicolau McGrath-Connell. Nicolau McGrath-Connell. Who needs a law firm? We just rename Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go down that rabbit hole any further, what we are tactically here to talk about is romantic movies to keep the spark alive with yourself during a pandemic. Okay, that sounds like lewd, Devin. That's what I try to provide because every time every time I try to go down that angle, Alexa scoffs at me or tells me to cut it out. So I just got to keep trying. Though I can rephrase if we feel... No, no, no. I look, it, it, that's what it is cuz if you're a single person like I am during the pandemic, like you're looking for uh sparks of chemistry and those are on screen. Yeah. It's really, you know, I thought I had experienced the worst times to be single in my life and then this came Kevin, about. You've never been single. Well, you know those 3 months that in one middle time. school? <laughs> <laughs> This is funny. This is the longest I've been single in a few years, which is quite a psychological. How long has it been? Um, it's been four months. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I, I honestly I have to say, I think this is good. This is good. It's like a period of like, think of it as like cleansing. Like you're, yeah. you're doing the Lent. You're doing the Lent in your life. This is the equivalent of my juice cleanse in my love yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. It's a juice cleanse. You're going to go out there and you'll be clean. You'll be ready. But it's a juice cleanse without an end date. No, people, you know, but you know what? Let's not go down the rabbit hole, but I do think that, that it will end. It will end. Yeah. Oof, so we hope. Um, so regardless of my sadness or not sadness for being single for four months, <laughs> I have been watching a lot of rom-coms during my time in quarantine, which is a change because normally I'm more drawn to tragic romances, as Alex Mm -hmm. and I have talked about on this podcast. But I challenged myself for this episode not to go down the tragic romance hole, um, with one exception. But otherwise, I've really stayed positive, which is growth, I think, for me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exciting. What has been your favorite? Should we start? Like, do you want to start with what you've been enjoying? Yeah, let's let's dig right in. We can we can go around. And each of us can talk about our first one. And I don't I don't have mine ranked in any particular way. I'm just going to go reverse chronological because I'm a freak like that. But sounds good. Anyone can feel any sort of 
inspiration to do it however they want. Um, I will say the one I have revisited most recently is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I thought you said you don't like tragic. So this is my one exception. I'm going okay. down the tragic route because I loved it so much. And once they put it on Hulu, it was just the perfect thing for me to buy a pint of Ben and Jerry's and cry alone on the couch, yeah. but also be like, oh, it's so beautiful. And that, I just, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I'm just saying like that movie is sad for me because that was the last movie I saw in Brooklyn in a movie theater. And when I went to see it, I was like, oh, this is the last movie you're going to see. Like, I knew it. And now whenever I think of it, and it's such a quarantine movie, like, sorry to interrupt you, but to me, it's just, it's, it is a perfect movie for right now. So, okay, keep going. Yeah, it, funny enough. I've was... never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should see it, Alexa. Well, I... to be fair, okay, to be fair, and then I'll let Devin continue talking. <laughs> Little Women came out five months after it came out in America and Greece. So we were, my movies that were readily available to me were still in uh, 2019. Yeah, but as Devin just said, it's on Hulu, which is why he just rewatched it. Okay, so do what do you think Hulu, of it? Do we have Hulu, Yes, I, I got it for us. Okay, so Devin, oh, why do that. you like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, interestingly enough, it was also the last movie I saw in the movie theater, so we can share that bit of pain. But I love this movie because from a romance perspective, I think that the chemistry between Naomi Melant and Edel Hanel, who play the two leads, is just off the charts in terms of, you know, the title itself is a portrait of Lady on Fire, so I could make all these sorts of spark and flame jokes about the romance, but I think it wouldn't do it credit because the two of them are bringing such intensity to their performances that you can feel that almost quiet fury of the romance that leads down this tragic route because of the circumstances of their lives but it's also just this gorgeous setting on an island and so you get these moments of a very passionate relationship in this beautiful setting and those two things together for me are both aspects of life that I'm yearning for in quarantine (laughs) (laughs) I would like to be you know have my arms flung around someone on the beach (laughs) that just sounds perfect right now (laughs) and while this movie may not spoiler alert end in this very positive way it is this moving journey to get there and I think that Celine Sciamma's direction of it really highlights how passion strikes you even when you don't expect it and I think that it does it in such a beautiful way that even for the sadness I couldn't recommend it more highly yeah based on the Wikipedia it looks great (laughs) They they have mask chic. They really they do. do a good job of that, covering their faces so that they remain safe from each other's germs. So it's sort of like a, it, it'll get you in the mood. But I agree with you. It is such a like, like emotional movie. It's like getting a uh, what's the word when you get a blood transfusion? It's like getting an emotional transfusion mm. for people who are feeling kind of like their love lives are barren. Like I really do think that movie will rub off on you. That's a really good yeah. pick. Um, completely agree. So what's your first pick, Elena? We'll okay, get to Alexa. So I will so there's this movie that's coming out on Hulu on July tenth. And it was, it's called Palm Springs, and it is, I think that it was bought by Hulu from Sundance in, like, 
one of the biggest yeah. deals ever. Like they paid so much money for this movie and it's a loan it's created by the guys behind Lonely Island. And I'm like, why are they paying so much money for a comedy rom com by the Lonely Island guys? And then I was obviously curious because I love expensive things. So I watched <laughs> it on my screeners account. I get early screeners. And then I understood why they paid so much money for it. Um, it's kind of like it takes the conceit of Groundhog Day. It's about Andy Samberg plays a guy who stumbles upon this portal and is consigned to repeating the same day over and over and over again. And it's, he's repeating a wedding and he meets this woman. And from there, I honestly think it's best to just, it's one of those movies it's best to go into without knowing anything because every single minute has an amazing plot twist and each one is more ingenious than the last. But it's this, it's this, love story about two people who are trapped to repeat the same day over and over again which aka is quarantine like yeah. it literally feels like we're in groundhog day and in that they're able to create something new and i'm like very fascinated by the idea of creating progress when your life feels like it's stalled like how do you do that do you do where do you do it do you start a project do you work on your relationships like i think that this movie was really funny and really smart and romantic but it did speak to like the emotional loop that we're all in of boredom and frustration and they go through all of those phases like they they feel it all and I think that it was definitely the right movie for me to watch right now and I'm sure that when it hits people are just gonna absolutely love it like I'm very excited for this movie so that's my first choice Palm Springs July 10th Hulu we're both Hulu people yeah I'm a big fan and I'm I was reading about Palm wow. Springs earlier today actually so I'm I'm excited to hear that it's good because it was it was one of those things I looked at was like, oh, I would love this to be fantastic. And yep. you never know, but I trust you. And that's exciting. It, yeah, it's really good. I, I and uh, what's the name? Well, Christine? once I get the Hulu password. I'm sorry. <laughs> who's that guy who's in um, JK, JK Simmons? He's in it. And mm -hmm. his he is just the greatest at popping up out of nowhere in a movie. And you know that whoever whatever role he chooses, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun yeah. to watch. Without a doubt, that guy has a great picker. So if he's in a movie, I'm going to like it. And that is true for this movie as well. Um, yeah. All right, Alexa, tossing it to you. What's your choice? Well, you know, I took, first of all, I need the whole password. Second of all, um, I, I was thinking about, uh, I wasn't really thinking about romantic movies. I kind of ignored Devin's suggestion. <laughs> I was more thinking about... <laughs> What's new? Well, the thing is, you know, there's some romantic movies that came to mind, and we will talk about Moonstruck. Um, <laughs> but I'm not really in the mood to watch romantic movies. Um, so I'm actually picking a very strange and very dark movie <laughs> by, <laughs> by a Greek director who did The Lobster, who did The Favorite. And the movie I'm picking is called Dogtooth. Yes! Now, Alana probably knows Dogtooth. It is one of the most gut-wrenching and um, disturbing and hard things to watch, but a great thing to watch in quarantine. So this father um, lies to his family and raises three kids and tells them that there's no world outside of their house and they are stuck inside. Um, and they say, oh, they're eating dinner once. And the girl says to her father, oh, please pass the radio. And he gives her the salt. So not only do they not leave the house, but like their whole like 
vocabularies messed up their whole perception of the outdoors is totally skewed mm. they think that cats mm-hmm. are like the antichrist so that they're the most dangerous creature <laughs> ever <laughs> i mean it's really crazy but he works at a factory um and there was a woman who comes i think weekly to have sex with his son um and she starts slowly slowly bringing the outside world into their house and you see what happens to the family. Um, so when I thought about being in quarantine and being inside, uh, I don't know why I thought of that movie, um, but it kind of gives hope that we will all make it out of the house one day. Wow, um, it's amazing that you watched that movie and felt hope. That is like hands down, like that movie changed my life. It, it is so worth watching and so mm-hmm. disturbing and, and such a well-constructed universe. Like. It's an incredible movie, but it is bleak, Alexa. Like it is super bleak. I agree with you that it's good in the sense that they get out of the house, but like that girl, it seems like she's gonna last one day. Like I hope we last two days out of the house, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I did watch it by myself, and I also couldn't sleep the night I watched it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but it was really uh, it's extremely thought provoking. Um, and super well done and um, I was happy because I understood it and didn't have to totally use the subtitles but um, I think it was one of his first movies um, and definitely it is definitely a movie that you won't forget so I think it's a good thing to watch during quarantine yeah Fun fun fact on Dogtooth, the first time I watched it was I had seen The Lobster, and then I decided that I would take a weekend to watch all of Yorgos Lanthimos, the director's other movies. So after a day that included Dogtooth, Killing of a Sacred Deer, and a few other of his bleaker ones, I really just had to lock myself outside on our porch to be like, there is sunshine. There is yeah. hope. <laughs> I have to say, Killing of a Sacred Deer, like, I can't really find one redeemable quality in that movie. Like, I could, I, I've never felt so trapped in a movie theater in my life. Like, that movie messed me up. Like, mm. like that was so disturbing. I, I'm sure there are people who like it, but I was just like, oh, this is just torture. This is when I have to admit that I absolutely loved it as much like, it was, as it destroyed me. <laughs> it was so, it was like crazy. I, I think about everything in that movie and how messed up it was holy shit yeah there's a i am obsessed with colin farrell's second career as this twisted leading man in these movies and his character in killing of a sacred deer for people who haven't seen it is this cardiac surgeon who is splits the difference between concerned father and arrogant asshole but in this deadpan sort of way. And the explor- what I love, because I'm a sadist about these things, is I loved the exploration of the family unit and the corruption of yeah. it. And so in that way, I was totally sucked in into the Twisted Universe. But it's a very particular film and a very particular tone. Yeah, it's hard not to be sucked in. Like, I, I agree with you that it's, like, effective at what it's doing, but I... I it, it just made me feel so fragile. Yeah. Like it was, it's really nuts. He's very good though. He's such a good director. Yeah. yeah. So Dog He was tooth. also born in my favorite neighborhood in Athens. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Greek. Wonderful. 
Well, Alexa, thank you for. Um, I like to throw Devin off guard. I, I, I like to catch him off guard with my Wikipedia facts. With your picks. I mean, I. With Portrait of Lady on Fire, I thought I would bring the darkest movie to the list, but. Yeah, you, and then she comes with Dog Tooth. She just swooped in. And thank you for saving me from that honor. Uh, but changing changing tones dramatically, my second pick and one that has just been a comfort food movie for me since it came out and one that I just revisit because I love is The Big Sick. Oh, yeah. Which, for people who haven't seen it, it's based on the real-life story of co-writers Kumal Nanjiani and Emily Gordon, who are now married and wrote this movie together about their romance, which consists of them dating, them breaking up, and then Emily falling under a mysterious illness. And then Kumal is the person who is there on the front lines trying to figure out what's going on. And then with her parents, who are played wonderfully by Holly Hunter and Ray Romano, in a way that I never thought I needed Ray Romano in a rom-com but it works really well with him as yeah. the father. And so it's this movie that, for me, I'm enjoying in this situation because it's it's absolutely hilarious and is so heartwarming by looking at Kumal's family and Emily's family and how both of their backgrounds are different because Kumal is a, he's playing a version of himself, so he's a Pakistani-born comedian and his family is very focused on him being within that culture, but he's wanting to break out. And so you have these very intricate themes and approaches that are paving the way towards this really sweet and then also challenging romance. And within this context of there is the darkness, the fact that, you know, Emily is in a coma for a large part of this movie. (laughs) So it is not your traditional rom-com in that sense, but I also think that tonally where we're at, for me, where we're at this point in life where there is all of this darkness and all of this tension around us looking for moments of joy while not forgetting that there's the more difficult parts of life right now but just finding a balance between keeping those two things I think the big sick in the way that I turn to movies for guidance in a lot of ways and to I don't know find a mood boost but also something to center me the big sick is one that I think does such a great job showing a realistic relationship, even in the most unrealistic circumstances. And that feels relatable right now, even though I've never been dating someone who went into a coma, and I really hope it never happens. And it's based on a true story. I think maybe you already, you probably already mentioned that, but I think that like, well, knowing that it's real and that there are people who met in this extraordinary way and like surmounted so much, it's very romantic. Yeah. And it's very funny. Yeah, absolutely. I saw it twice in theaters. I like love that movie. And I think that um like I like movies about when you marry into a difficult family <laughs> and then you just like have to deal with all this stuff. Like the the person's perfect, but there's this other thing and yeah, it's just they they really handle a lot of big topics with so much nuance. So good suggestion. Yeah. Um okay, can I go? Yes. Yeah. So the second or maybe first most popular movie on Netflix right now is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, it's called 365 Days. <laughs> and it's, it, it, it looks terrible. Polish, yeah, hold on. So it's a Polish. Certain parts of it are great. So it's a Polish movie. It's 
adapted from the equivalent of Fifty Shades of Grey in Poland. Um, this cosmetologist wrote this trilogy and they became very popular and now they're a really popular movie to the point where I think that this movie is like excavating people's it's plumbing the depths of people's desires and people are realizing that the things that they want are really messed up so this movie is about this gorgeous like capital G capital O gorgeous like this man uh, is sculpted from like like an asteroid from another planet he like makes me believe in like like alien species because he's more than human so that kind of gorgeous like i i honestly have never really i i can't i'm maybe johnny depp and like chocolate like but he's so much better mm. than that so he That's has that like kind of appeal so anyway th- his character though is heinous he plays this heinous romantic lead who's a sicilian mafioso and also deranged <laughs> and while so it opens with this guy's dad getting shot and dying in front of him and as this happens he has an apparition of a face he sees this woman's face and from then on he's convinced this is the woman he's supposed to be with lo and behold a couple years later he sees this woman while he's on vacation in sicily and then decides to kidnap her because that's what he can do (laughs) because he's a powerful mafioso so he kidnaps her and brings her to his literal lair like it's this twisted bdsm beauty and the beast and he says you have a year to fall in love with me and she is thrashing about in his grip. She wants to leave. You know, she's being very disobedient. And he's all like, oh, teach me how to be gentle. You know, it's like, honestly, this movie writes itself from women's desires. It's hilarious. However, it's like really messed up. I mean, it's, it's, she's kidnapped and then they fall in love and whatever. But it's really messed up. However, this movie is everything I wanted Fifty Shades of Grey to be in the sense that like their chemistry is off the charts and they have these really long, crazy sex scenes that seem almost real that are never going to be possible anymore because of coronavirus. Like I was watching this movie and I'm like, literally, they have a yacht scene that lasts nine, six minutes. They have sex in like six different parts of a yacht. And that's never going to happen again. Like, it's just, it's this relic of, of a different time. And I'm not surprised that the movie is so popular because it it is so, the plot holes are crazy. Everything about it is crazy. It's just the perfect movie to watch right now and indulge in. And, you know, like, it, it is just, um, it's one of those movies I think that's going to define a lot of people's quarantines just because it's so ridiculous. So definitely if you're looking for, like, a steamy movie, could not come up with a better one and i'm sorry if it offends your sensibilities it's a movie okay i had been curious i hadn't talked to anyone who had watched it yet and i, I bet there are a lot of people who watch it and they're just not admitting it true they probably like watched it they rewinded to the shower scene the good thing about that movie is like it does take her a long time to submit to him so there's a ton of like building tension and i think they do a good job of like building it because if because that's like the only thing about the movie that works like everything else is just the room level bad like every time this guy comes up to her he has this catchphrase it's really bad ready you guys and none of them english is none of their first languages so they have that, these that's why cute I accents. Watch it. so every time he sees her he says you lost baby girl <laughs> <laughs> so all over the internet now people are like you lost baby girl <laughs> um it's it's terrible and i couldn't recommend it more Here's a pitch for you, Elena. What if, when we all get out of quarantine, we pitch a movie that is a sex thriller starring Tommy Wiseau, 
<gasps> oh, but then we would have to watch him in scenes. Like, I would only want it to be, like, if he was separated from the person, like, a period piece. They're separated by mm. an ocean, and they can only, like, write letters. Because I really don't want to see him in a sex scene. I don't mean and to be, like, can... a prude, yeah, but <laughs> I just don't. No, but... Aletta, that doesn't mean you're a prude. That just means you're a person. <laughs> I mean, four for four. Fair. That is a very good way of putting it. Yes, I am a person. Maybe we can hire a body double just to make it work. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Alexa, enlighten us. What is your next choice? Well, this one was a little hard for me. Um, not actually. I'm going to go with Muriel's Wedding, which oh, is... Oh, I love that. Good pick. A, it's a great movie. Um, thank, thank you so much. My... Such skepticism. <laughs> the way he said good pick. Oh, my God. Well, I actually texted a list to Devin that was a false list because I wanted him. <laughs> I want a podcast about the making of the podcast because that is some next level shit. I, I wanted Devin. Every to, week, Elena. The, Every week. Not that the movies wow. I texted Devin were bad movies. They're all movies that I have enjoyed watching. But I just wanted Devin to kind of like come in with a preconceived idea of what I was going to say and then not say that at all. Um, so I picked Muriel's Wedding for a few reasons. One, it is totally like a friend power movie. Um, Muriel is kind of this, she's kind of this weirdo who listens to ABBA. So I relate to her tremendously. <laughs> and um, she lives in this kind of oppressive household and she ditches her house and goes and moves to Sydney with her two also weird friends and uh to try and start anew and find romance and she really doesn't and she has all these like crazy stories and <laughs> she just finds happiness with her friends and i think um that one that will most likely be my future but also <laughs> it is nice to see a movie where especially a rom-com where she doesn't end up with a guy she yeah, doesn't end she up, ends up like, with finding she ends up with her friends and ABBA, um, which really I think is better than a man. So it is such a joyous, triumphant movie. And it's such a good like like photograph of uh, or, or portrait of Toni Collette, like in her younger days, mm. you know. Yeah. So I just think it's a fun and very uplifting movie and will not make us miss dating, but more appreciate our friends in our lives. Yeah, that's such a good pick. I love that movie. Maybe we'll watch it. I I love the inclusion of the friend rom-com because I feel like that is something that is always lacking in the conversations. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm guilty of it as anything else of getting swept up in the grand romance. But yeah, I was thinking a lot, Alexa, after our Glasgow episode last week and mm -hmm. revisiting all of that um how well we could make a friend rom-com about that whole experience oh yeah and you know <laughs> maybe that's the next project <laughs> but anyway well my my third pick is i don't know a movie that i have loved not because I think it's incredible, but because it just brings me a lot of happiness whenever I watch it, and that's Stardust. It's a movie from 2007. Have either of you seen this? It's a book, right? Yes. It's a book, okay, yeah. Yeah, I it's think a book. I read the book. 
it's a book, and then Matthew Vaughn adapted it from Neil Gaiman's novel. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it is more or less a fairy tale that is about a young man who lives in this small town, and it's a period piece, and then he sees this falling star, and the girl he's in love with says, oh, if you go across and get me the star, I'll be with you. And so he crosses over this wall, which is supposed to separate the normal world from this magical, fantastical world. And then what uncovers from there is him trying to find this star while there is also a number of princes who are trying to get it to claim the throne and you have all of these crazy fantasy characters overlapping with each other but what the real kicker is is that the star in the fantasy world is played by Claire Danes who is the personification of this star and so all of a sudden you get this it starts almost as a buddy cop style sort of comedy that turns into this romance between Tristan, the young man who's played by Charlie Cox, and the star who's played by Claire Danes, and their adventures trying to get back to the wall through this world. And for people who need any more on it, it also features Robert De Niro playing a sky pirate named <laughs> William Shakespeare. What? And His choices are fascinating. <laughs> it really is. And he just sells it in the weirdest way. And this weird point in De Niro's career where he was still spoofing himself, but was moving on from that into doing some slightly more interesting things. Yeah, um, great intern, but not yes. that you knew he was going there. Yes, exactly. Uh, but the real, the real thing that sells this movie for me, besides the romance, which is very sweet and very cute, is the fact that Michelle Pfeiffer plays a witch in probably <laughs> the most fun role I have seen her in since she played Catwoman in Batman Returns. And she just hams it up as the villain who is trying to stop this romance from happening. And I think that one of the underrated parts of these kind of grand epic romances, right, if we're moving away from the smaller rom-com, is you need a really believable antagonist who's trying to stop mm -hmm. the relationship from happening. And... I think Michelle Pfeiffer gives COVID a run for its money in terms of disrupting love <laughs> because she's just trying to catch the star because it will make her youthful forever. And, you know, this isn't the most nuanced story, but it is so much fun. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, Michelle Pfeiffer appears in Maleficent 2 as the evil mother-in-law. She's like the mother-in-law from hell, and it's also her mission to stop young love. So maybe oh. that is her, like, that's what she evolves into in old age. She's not the sweet old grandma. She's the, yeah. she's the, like, <laughs> I don't know, obstacle. Yeah. <laughs> the witchy obstacle. I mean, she plays a much more intense but similar role in Mother! Exclamation point. Yeah. We, Ooh, we this want. is the thesis. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer's <laughs> second career. Just trying to kill love. I thought, honestly, if it would mean make, meeting her, I would let her kill my love. Like, Wait, yeah. and in Hairspray, like too. Isn't she in Hairspray? Yes. Yes, she's the mother and in Hairspray. She's the mother of Amanda Bynes' character. Oh, no. Yes. She doesn't let her daughter date seaweed. 
Yes. Date Seaweed, who's black, and she tries to break up their interracial relationship. So this is Michelle Pfeiffer's wow. career. Whoa. We may Does have she... just discovered something big. I like actresses who, and actors too, who like kind of subvert their good looks and lean into them and like do fun things with them, like with their mm -hmm. faces. Like she's, she can get away with that too for, I think, how she looks like she has that alien beauty face and it is a caricature. Like, mm. I don't know, it really comes through as she's gotten older that, that she has the face for a villain, whereas before she had the face for a romantic lead. Not the faces, you know. It, this is like how Hollywood works, like people typecast, and I like that that's what she's turned her yeah. kind of shtick into. It's kind of cool. I totally agree. Yeah, that's a good suggestion for a show, for a movie to watch. Um, okay, well, my last choice is Dating Around, which is a Netflix show, and it's just a fun relic of the past. It is a not supposed to be a relic of the past. It's supposed to be a dating show. Um, it's the, like the gist of the show is each season it focuses on like six or seven different single people in a city in the united states and they go on five dates with people and um, it slices each date together so that it kind of seems like they're on all five dates at once there's no real point to the show it just captures like real conversation between people who are eating and drinking and i like love it i just think it's a really fun actual reality tv show like it captures the reality in a way that's cool all the people are real people you know how like when you're on a date with someone and you look at all the other people on dates and you're like i wonder what they're talking about that's mm. what it's like and i often would get in trouble with my ex-boyfriend because i was always listening to other people when i was <laughs> at dinner i was always like way more interested in everything else that was going on than in like what i was talking about and I, I, this show lets me do that. I also think it's fun because there's a real nostalgia <laughs> element involved um, in terms of like, you know, gathering in places and going on dates. So that is uh, a big a big draw. And let's see, I also like, I, I also am interested in the show because I love dating shows. I watch all of them, but this one really doesn't give me what I want in the sense that like what I want is to know what happens after. I wanna know if people stay together. I wanna know everything. It doesn't give me that. It just puts all five people on their dates, and then, and then it ends. <laughs> like it's very unsatisfying. And I'm like, well, what what am I watching these shows for? Like they don't owe me anything. I just will enjoy the time I spend with them and move on. So it it kind of feels like going on a date with a show and and having it just be a first date. Anyway, I love it. I really recommend it. Uh, I think that it's just a it it'll make you happy because it shows human connection and it will make you sad because it shows human connection. <laughs> the end. <laughs> well, I And you also get to watch some like really, really terrible dates, which Yeah, that's true. We watched that this one guy who was such a weirdo and it really yeah. made me feel better that I don't have to do that for the yeah. time being. I okay, can, like, that's true. I think that's good. It shows like awkward dates like and and the 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 feeling of entrapment like you feel trapped on some of the episodes because you're like oh my god i feel so bad for these people and you know that that's been you but there's this one guy on the second season he's on the episode the, the episode i think the woman's name is a diva this man is the antichrist you know how before i was talking about the sicilian guy the mm -hmm. mafioso in the movie no this guy is actual antichrist <laughs> he 
Mm -hmm. Everything he says, it's like he ups the ante on how evil he can sound. I mean, Devin, I'm sorry, but this guy is, he he knocks it out of the park. You can't even hold a gun to this guy. Damn. He asked this girl, like, all right, she reveals that she uh, dates men and women, and he goes, good, because I only date bisexual women. And then he reveals, of course he reveals that he's poly, but he only dates bisexual women because he he loves women so much that he could only date someone who also loved women because it's such a core part of his personality. And then he, this is how he logics it, but he has a harem of women and he dates multiple and, and <laughs> they can't date other people. Oh my God. So he's explaining this thing to this woman and her eyes look like they're going to swallow her head. Like, <laughs> like she it is so funny but it's oh honestly like gosh. i'm saying it's funny but but it's disturbing like yeah. this man this man is a yorgos lanthimos movie this man is the dog tooth dad he will freak you the f out so that's what dating is though like dating is you sit across from someone and everyone's been there where they're scared to death of the person across from them. i'm sure women more than men honestly but this guy scared me to death and i'm so happy she didn't pick him so definitely worth watching I'm going to have to queue it up right after this. Yeah, watch that episode. It's fun. (laughs) Okay, Alexa, bring us home. All right. Now, this actually is a movie that I did text you, Devin, and do not give me any slack. (laughs) Um, I think the most romantic movie of all time is uh, Goodfellas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um. I just, uh, but the movie I'm choosing is The Parent Trap. Now, hear me out. One. First, wait, no, first, which parent trap? The Lindsay Lohan okay, one. I just wanted Lindsay, to make sure. It, Lindsay Lohan squared. It's her best role. Elena and I have discussed this mm-hmm. in depth. Um, and we love a, a transatlantic romance between Dennis Quaid and Natasha Richardson. It's a great movie. <sighs> Um, it is totally nostalgic and I watched it the night before I left Greece so maybe it's kind of just like fresh in my head but I think it's a movie that most people our age enjoyed in our youth and I don't know it's just kind of a fun thing to revisit it's not a particularly uh, symbolic or uh, thought-provoking movie but I also think that right now we've been inside for three months and it's fun, just like Avatar is nostalgic, I think it's fun to go back to these movies that make you feel like you're a kid again. Am I allowed to um, say something about The Parent Trap that isn't completely positive? It's yeah. not really like that it's not positive. Like, I love The Parent Trap. I think that Lindsay Lohan is such a good actress in that movie. Like, your jaw drops because she's so good. Like, she actually makes you feel like both of those two girls are separate. Not That's why I thought that Lindsay Lohan had to come up with articles to write about the parent trap holy shit those parents are psychopaths holy shit what those parents did to those daughters what deranged plan that they had to separate their twins who comes up with that custody agreement i mean they did not talk to a lawyer for that it's illegal and then and then we have these two people right they're two henchmen they're consiglieris the the woman (laughs) who who, jesse and the butler no wonder they get married because they're complicit in this 
awful thing. I'm sure they feel extreme guilt at separating these two girls. I mean, honestly, it is such a transgression of the adult kind. Only adults could think of something that bad. And it shows that you can't trust an adult. You have to trust a small ginger twin because otherwise, like, like adults do bad things. I mean, I was honestly my job. And then second thing, Meredith, the, the, did you interview her, Elena? I did interview her because I, I did write a piece that was redeeming her character. Now, I am 25 for a couple more days. Meredith was 25. She she was thinking with her, uh, she was thinking pragmatically, right? I don't think that we should completely fault her. Was she a little bit of a mean girl? Yes. But do I also think she was sort of a boss? I wish I could look that good. So, you know what? Justice for Meredith. That's all I'll say. <laughs> rant over <laughs> i'm sorry that's about that perfect i think that is the perfect conclusion to our movie and tv show roundup <laughs> <laughs> justice for meredith more. she you know what if meredith were stuck during coronavirus you know she would have bagged some millionaire she'd be somewhere beautiful that's true that's true meredith would be yeah. living her best life right now she would be living someone else's best life but <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> I'll, all I will add to the parent trap very briefly is that I think there's a case for it from a performance point that we should have gotten more Dennis Quaid as romantic lead movies because I really love him in that role. And like, I feel like we got more of Natasha Richardson in that role before she tragically passed. But I don't know. I feel like I'm yearning for more Dennis Quaid as romantic leading man i think like he definitely has a a vibe in that movie that i think is the kind of vibe that women go for in real life like i don't think that it shows up that often on tv shows Mm -hmm. like and movies because he he sort of looks like a normal guy and he has this like real sweetness in that movie and sort of like a naivete like oh look at him getting you know falling for some like harlot that he because he, he's such a nice guy you know like I think that's sort of how the movie frames it but it's so funny because in real life he is now dating a woman with a much bigger age difference than him and Meredith and and she's like this young oh. Meredith type okay I'm sorry to say Meredith type that isn't nice but um it's so funny <laughs> like I think that that is the ultimate like twist mm. oh Dennis Quaid is his parent trap character that's with Meredith. yeah I agree with you, though. It's a very good performance. And Natasha Richardson breaks my heart seeing her in that movie. I know. Ugh. She's so, so beautiful. So sad. I know. She's, she is, like, everyone's British mom. Like, you just want her to be your mom. I guess. Except 1, that she gave, she gave away one of her kids. No, like, aside. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if, like, that movie, to watch and enjoy that movie, it takes such a stretch of, like, morality. Except... As parents, you know, they were great parents, except for this one god-awful thing that they did. Like, they were really good parents to the one kid. <laughs> like, like, it's like a really hard movie to watch, because you're like, wait, you guys are terrible, but also, you're awesome parents. But also, yeah. the worst parents. <laughs> it's the parent trap. It's the parent trap. It gives you a lot to think about during quarantine. It does. Yeah, as we're, as we're living with our parents. We're going to tell them, why did you separate us? We'll, we'll gaslight them into thinking that we're living the parent trap. Oh. oh please, dear. please do. We can just turn this podcast into a record of how that goes because I just want to listen to. 
all of the details. Oh my god! You know, god. Dad will just say, "I don't know what you're talking about," and then he's gonna walk away. Like you know, that's what he's gonna do. Yeah, this experiment is gonna last two seconds. <laughs> well, before we go, we oh, did... before we go, I, I have something to ask. Oh well, I was going to. Weren't we gonna do our moonstruck appreciation? Oh, oh yeah. Corner? yeah, yeah. Yeah, edit that up. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I will. I'll uh, go. Yeah, and then I have something else I want to ask Elena before she leaves. Okay. Okay. I, I'll introduce it slightly differently then. Yeah. Um, well, now that we have wrapped up our list, we did all agree on one movie that we thought needed to be revisited because Alex and I have already professed our love for this, but we haven't really dug into the brilliance that is Moonstruck. <laughs> So we're going to do that now <laughs> because we know I actually no, know what I was going to say, because we know it's what we know it's what you all wanted. Oh, yeah. I actually rewatched Moonstruck last night um, to prepare adequately for this conversation. Um, and there was a line that I really like emotionally connected to um, when Cosmo, who is um, Loretta's father, uh, is talking about her new fiance Johnny Johnny is a narc Johnny's just a big old sack of potatoes like he's just a total loser and Cosmo says to her I don't like his mouth he has weird lips and I actually, I actually exactly had, what happened I actually had to pause the movie because I have never like emotionally connected so much to a film before but um Oh, Every time God. you watch Moonstruck, you get something new from it. And that's what I got last night. And it really made me just love the movie more than I thought I could. Yeah, everything about that movie is the best thing ever. I mean, I, I can't even pick out one thing that I like the most. Uh, I think that in terms of, like, the kind of passionate love story that also feels grounded in, like, idiosyncratic characters and, and big hair and, like, just... <laughs> Like people overcoming their tragic pasts and coming together like that is it is the ultimate movie i i often i think i'm gonna spend the rest of my life wanting to love a movie as much as moonstruck and you mm. know what i never have to because i always have moonstruck and it's fine yeah i i had never seen it until a couple months ago and i grew up we had the vhs of it because my mother loves it and it was one of those things that you hear parents tell you all the time, you should watch this, you should watch this, you should watch this. And normally, I would just watch everything my parents suggested I watch. But for some reason, Moonstruck never made that transition. I think because as like a 10, 11, 12-year-old, I didn't appreciate Cher to the level that I now <laughs> idolize her. Yeah. <laughs> and watching it, I just completely, I, I think Eleni put it perfectly, I have never loved a movie of this kind in the way that I love Moonstruck. Yeah. And I think for me, now that I've revisited it a number of times, because it's probably my most watched thing in quarantine, which I just keep bringing it back out every now and then, is Cher's performance is so full of life. Mm -hmm. I feel like there are, it's a rare number of performances that capture an actor or actress at this incredible moment in their career. Mm -hmm. And for her, it's this year where she's releasing her big comeback album 
and she's in this movie and then she wins an Academy Award and just that energy around her life at that moment seems to be in the performance and to imbue Loretta with such a passionate yearning that is also I think in that way cut by the realism of you know, she's always talking about, am I cursed? <laughs> Is this just my lot? <laughs> yeah. That that kind of struggling back and forth with what kind of happiness can I find? What kind of realism can I find? And that she's settling for Johnny. I think that exchange that she has with her mother by the lovely, wonderful, incredible Olympia Dukakis, who I'm going to try and not remember the fact that you had dinner with her because it'll just make me too jealous to function again. But when she asks her, do you love him? And Loretta says, no, but I like him. And her mother says, good. <laughs> yeah. I just think. She said, yeah, good, that's better. He won't drive you crazy. Yes, there, that's the line. Right, because she loves her husband and he cheats on her and he's like, you know, a pain in the neck. And I think, yeah, it's a very interesting look at love. Like love is something that ruins your life in a lot of ways. It blows up your life. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I think that that movie understands that love is like not always a gentle thing. It can be like a forest fire too, but but ultimately they all harness it. Like everyone kind of ends up, like. Anyway, I I just you know what I've been thinking about in that movie. I've been thinking about Cher kicking a pebble down the road. Mm. She has nowhere to go. She's in New York, like she's just walking around and she's alone and thinking. And I can't really do that anymore. And I like, but there's something about that scene and like the time that it gives her, just, just, you know, you know what she's thinking. You're there with her, and I like that it. I I don't know. Like that that scene always. I don't really have a reason as to why I think about it all the time, but I do. That's a captivating scene. I would completely agree. I feel like that's... I think Norman Jewison, who directs it, does a lovely job in the whole movie, but a moment like that where he just seems to recognize that what he has in front of him is such a rare performance. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That to just allow her to do that and set the camera back in a way that puts her in the setting and focuses on her while not doing it in some corny, slow-mo close-up, you know, the way that you would think of some moment like that often portrayed it is this quiet moment where she gets to be on this empty street and we just stay with it. And the miracle of the movie, I think, is that we get those quiet moments alongside something like her running a Cosmo and the girlfriend at the opera. And you have that explosive thing, but you can also slow down and revel in the fact that she is thinking about this. And she has that reflection that is stylistically and from a character standpoint, just central to making something like that work. Yeah, yeah, we love Cher. Thank you, Cher. Cher Appreciation Day and Nick Cage. Nick Cage is so hot. I don't care what anyone says. (laughs) And we love that her hair is always frizzy in the movie. Uh Yeah, unapologetically, hello. Yeah. Quarantine hair, baby. And you know what? Her mom craze. is really. Her mom covers for her every time. Yes. Her mom is really the unsung hero. She's like, oh, yeah, they sure. ran into each other in church. Where were you? Don't this ask. Is... All right. I told your father you came home. It's like she. Olympia Dukakis knows what's up. And I also like that um, you see the mom struggle too because she knows that. Uh-huh. Cosmo has his guma, which I'm using. Yeah. One of my vocabulary from The Sopranos. And, and <laughs> you know, she's, like, reconciling with 
with why he would cheat on her. But she asks, why do men chase women? And I like that she and Loretta are kind of both going through this, um, these like very hard questions and, and changing. Mm-hmm. And in two days, how long does the movie take place? Two, three days? I think so. They really, oh, really? I didn't really Yeah, I know. It's like three days. And then he proposes to her at the end. And Olympia Dukakis says, do you love him? And she says, I love him awful. She says, yeah. that's too bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's marrying a wolf. Uh, a truly, truly spectacular movie. I'm happy we all can agree on something. I am too. It's nice when that happens. I do have one final question for our guest. Um, Elena, who is Greg? Oh my God. Alexa's so excited because we <gasps> have gossip. I, I, the, Greg is no, like Greg is a guy that I met online who we've been chatting for a number of weeks. It's online. her texting friend. He, he's like my pen pal. Like we like, you know, talk, we just chat very, very friendly uh we it, it's just sort of uh put it this way we would have already gone on a date in the real world mm. right so we're just on the perpetual simmer it's like you made rice and the rice is made <laughs> this is now the rice is on the oven you have too much you're like well i don't know what if you want to move on to pot like i, I don't really know how to explain it the rice has been simmering for mm-hmm. over 20 minutes and all the water's gone so we have to figure out uh now what the I I, like, I don't really know what to do next. Like he's a very nice guy. I enjoy Operation to him. Get Greg on the phone. I yeah. Alexa thinks that that we should chat on the phone. Um, I wanted Greg to come on the podcast, and the first time I hear each other's voices on the podcast, but I also realized that I'm. Um, yeah. So the that devil incarnate. Was something, that was something that I would pressure one of my friends to do, and then I was like, oh, that means that I shouldn't do it. Like. So I just didn't even entertain it because I'm like, that's way too much something that I would think to do for someone else and I'm not going to be manipulated. So it was a great, I loved your instinct. I think that if you were dealing with someone a little bit um, who knew you a little less, they, they would definitely do it. It was a great idea. I, I think it would be good for us to chat on the phone. We actually did watch that movie together, 365 Days. We did Netflix party and we like chatted the whole time. It was really fun. Like, I Wait, so you watched a very sexy Polish yes. show? Yeah, we, we watched Softcore very Porn together. Se- and it was funny because I, I... What? Wait, did you, like, acknowledge that you were watching these very long sex scenes together? Yeah, we talked about them. Of course we acknowledged. What was I going to say? I'm closing my eyes? I mean, no, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. I love all the laughs I'm getting. It was interesting to watch because I, like, you know, he. I liked seeing what he would comment on and, like, for example... The guy, um, what's his name, Massimo. Massimo was always getting blowjobs from women. Like, they were always, um, he, that was always the first thing he did. Like, he wouldn't even kiss them. And he was, like, put off by that. And I'm like, well, I guess that's good that you're not, like, associate, like, completely deranged. At least we know that. But, um, you know, it was interesting to see what he commented on in the movie because, that is one of the ways that you can get to know someone nowadays, seeing what they comment on, mm. because you can't really do the normal stuff. So, you know, he seems like a nice guy. We'll see. Right. Well, maybe so the next. Operation- uh, I say maybe no, no. if I can give a bit of our hashtag bad advice, which might be good advice. You never know. 
there I have been using there's another app called Scener that's a oh yeah Chrome I have X that. engine. I don't know if you I love it. I love the video component. Maybe oh, probably that's a good idea. Probably good that you didn't have the video on for 365 days. I think that's a good call. That is very good. <laughs> but but the video chat can be great because I love Netflix Party, but after a while, I want to see people's faces in reaction to something. So maybe that's the next step. You I do think a little, that that's a good idea. A little video date. Wait, Devin, yeah. I think we should. I've never done a Netflix party. I think we should watch 365 together. I think that would be funny and also really disgusting. I agree. I'm probably going to watch it after this. Yeah. My ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> now that's I'm a good curious. idea. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, you know, because we're having weird trouble getting interviewees we do a we do an episode on 365 days yeah we could really i think you should do an yeah i definitely think you should have people come on to talk about it it deserves its own episode i'm on board we gotta get (laughs) the rest of our friends to do it and then we can talk about softcore porn because that's really where we've been heading this whole season (laughs) and i'm glad we finally reached that point (laughs) it's time you guys it's time Thanks for tuning in to Love in the Time of Corona. <laughs> I really wanted to mix it up today. You know, I'm, I can't let it get stale on us. This is all about creativity and forging ahead. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it always kind of takes me off guard, so I appreciate it. I want to stay on my feet. We hope you enjoyed our episode today on FM Kill with cartoon characters and talking to my lovely sister, the writer, about best movies to watch during quarantine. She was such a great guest. Doesn't she have a really sexy radio voice? Incredibly. I know. Well, she's wonderful. And next week, we may or may not have a guest. Um, I don't like to commit. Um, (laughs) So tune in to see what next week next week's episode is going to be about because we don't know either and again if you have any questions you want us to answer please shoot us an email at love in the time of pod at gmail.com i check the email when i remember to and we will be happy to answer (laughs) any of your questions on next week's episode so stay safe be well and hang in there (laughs) 